You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Creative Quarantine. I'm Angelique Rocher, your host. And today on Creative Quarantine, we talked to... The funny, amazing, full of energy, extremely talented actor, writer, and just down-to-earth human being, Christian Keys. Uh, you may know him from Supernatural or In Contempt or CW's The Legends of Tomorrow or Saints and Sinners. Like, there is family business. I mean, he literally has a litany of shows that he has been on because he works hard. And I was really interested in having this conversation with Christian because he works so hard. And what does it mean to take a step back and be unable to work and take a step back and have to like cut production? And honestly, the answer we got is that Christian has just shifted gears and is working just as hard. It was a great conversation for a creative quarantine hump day. Extremely positive. And I gotta say, his community of folks that support him came out. And I got to shout out every single one of them. There were amazing questions. Uh, there was funny ban- funny banter. But, you know, most of all, there were some really good nuggets of being creative and determined and listening to that inner voice, um, whether you uh, believe in God or whatever you believe in and following your truth. And that was just a really incredible conversation to have today. And as usual, and as I say every single time, and I truly believe, I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. What? Why, why not? Why not? Why not? We wouldn't do nothing else. Why not? How you doing, Christian? <laughs> I am wonderful. I will not complain. I'm doing good. You are well lit. Thank you are making uh, long hair look good. Uh, listen, I got this... Cuban Dominican situation going on over here. Wavy. Ooh. Straight wavy. I might keep it. I don't hate it. You know? I mean, you have a you have a history of having long hair. I mean Well, we ain't gonna go there with it. I ain't going there with it. I ain't going down here with it. None of us would be mad. I <laughs> I would. <laughs> I would have to spend way too much money on leave-in conditioner and hot oil treatments and stuff. I'm not it ain't going much past this right here. Maybe a little longer. I appreciate the intention that you used in taking care of your hair. Because most men that I know, even actors that I know who have long hair, and I remember, I'm not going to name him, but we went up to him at a party and we were like, so, you need to know, mm-hmm. what do you put in your hair? And he was like, whatever my girlfriend has at the house. Oh, my God. Like, Yeah, no, back then I knew way too much about leave-in conditioner and Garnier fruit teas with Ylang Ylang and uh, Pantene Pro-V leave-ins. I knew way too much. I knew way too much about hair products. It was healthy. This is, e- this is easier to maintain. It's just, it's just, you know, it's just easier. It, it looks great. You look you. great. Uh, Likewise. You, you have been making uh, social distancing 
uh, look good. Thank you. Uh, and fun, which I, yeah. it's like you really, this is the thing that I do, I do love about watching you progress over the last four or five weeks of, of quarantine is that mm -hmm. you have never ceased to find joy. Oh yeah. In the moment. And it's, I, it's true to who you are. It's important. I think like I was talking about it well, with friends recently and then on one of the posts yesterday or the day before with the bowling. Um, I, I like me. You know, not 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 from an egotistical standpoint, but spiritually, like the person who I am, the person who God made me, and I, I'm good to people. So I, I like the human being that I am, and the person I'm, you know, steadily becoming every day. So I can sit by me all. I can sit with me all day. I'm a dance. I'm a sing through the house. I'm probably gonna swim for the house like every three days. I'm gonna wash the walls and clean up everything. Um, but I can do this. I'm I'm more of an introvert. But I'm also an extrovert when I get the opportunity to be. So, yeah, I just I think it's your level of peace that you have as a person. And that's real. I mean, and I think one of the things that I love about it is like I don't feel like I hate to even ask the question. Has there has there been anything that's been a challenge over the last couple of weeks? Um, to be honest, I don't want to complain about like. I got food, you know, uh, <laughs> I got a roof over my head. I think it is tough for me because I'm I, I have an addictive personality, so I like the gym. Mm. I like to go to my that's my therapy. That is that's my hold on with a camera. That's my that's my I need it. Just, just and I can't it. go. So yeah. I sneak out in the mornings and go run the stairs or I go hike and then I come back here. I built this um I got it on Amazon before everybody sold out of all the exercise equipment, but I can do pull-ups, push-ups, dips, and like knee raises on it so I can get some kind of exercise here at home on top of my, my little hike in the morning. And then, you know, I, I'm roller skating on the roof now and um, <laughs> I'm staying active. Listen, I am, I won quarantine. When I, when I found that little indoor bowling thing, if quarantine was a game, I won it. Cause I, I, I don't ever have to live. quarantine life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to leave. I do not need to leave. I'm okay if I don't. Yeah, I can stay at home. So, so you know, one of the things that I love, I love, 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 love about like your entire, the like your you work, like mm -hmm. you are a working. You they, if you, people go look at your IMDb, there is not a lack of work. You have put it in right, and I. I, a lot of folks know you from Young and Restless. A lot of folks know you from In Contempt. I know you from all your sci-fi work. Yes. It's so funny to me because I'll be watching the show and be like, da, 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 and I'll be like, boss. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I feel like this too. I feel like once the sci-fi world believes you, then they can believe you forever. Like once you buy in, and I think as an actor, it's just a choice. For me, it was just a choice. Okay, I'm an angel, and I'm basically Genghis Khan with wings and powers, and I want to take over the world. And this is my truth, and I like it, and I'm not wrong. And from there, once that decision is made, then it's easy to build out a Michael and, and who he is, and also with respect to the guys who, uh, the people who played Michael before me and after, just trying to carry some of that a little bit, but also make him my own. You know, finding the music. Michael, if you look in the Bible, 
uh, angels, they said angels, um, like even Satan, Satan had the most beautiful voice God ever made, according to the Bible. So I, with Michael, I always, always wanted to find a little bit of music in the way that he would speak, just to, you know, kind of sing the words to be a little more true to that. You know, hey, fellas, you know, just, just, just enjoy it and sing it a little bit because, you know, biblically, that's how they were. So it, it was fun. And then with, with Legend of Tomorrow, that was amazing. That was challenging, very challenging. But it was amazing to go over there and play with that whole cast. That was incredible. But once I bought into it, then, yeah, I can make everybody else believe that I believe it. It's like you woke up and was like, yeah, so I'm just the great grandchild Marie Laveau. It's no, it's no big, no, no big deal. Just, just Marie Laveau. No, it's, yeah. well, and I think for me, it was, so I'm from Louisiana. And so I was like extra psyched to be like, oh, so we're in New Orleans. Cool, mm -hmm. cool. Yes. Um, have you, like, is there, like, did you just sit out and say, yo, I'm, I'm going to do sci-fi. Like, I'm going to do fantasy. Like, this is, because I, I don't know if a lot of people know, but you are a book nerd. Like, you are, you are. Yeah. You're a nerdy human being. Um, you're actually oh, yeah. a voracious reader. Um, yeah. did, is this something that you've always kind of wanted to do? Or is it just like, oh, I like this role. And then it just kind of rippled out. No, I've always bought into sci-fi. Mm -hmm. If it's, it, no matter how far-fetched, you know, the Star Wars, the Star Trek, the whatever. If, if, if it's intelligent, and I can and I can believe you and take the ride with you, then you got me forever. I'll still watch Star Wars and Star Trek. I'll still watch the the X Men and the and the Avengers. And I'll still I got it because it's so well put together. You know, um, you know, Restwell, Stan Lee, he stitched that that universe together so well. Yeah. Like I don't understand. Like he's like the Stephen King of sci-fi. Like. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's, it's, it's so, so they put that much work. And as a writer, I know how, how much work goes into putting something together like that. And then multiply the stuff that I do times a hundred. And that's the universe that he built. So I have to appreciate it. I've always bought in and, um, and the opportunity to, you know, play an angel, you know, with powers, I can wave my hand and throw you 40 feet. Are you kidding me? Sign me up. I am here. Did you say I have powers? Yes. Yeah, and I got wings. I could they lower me down from like up in the sky, and I'm I'm hey fellas. <laughs> I was like hell yeah. I get to do it, and I get paid. Oh yeah, yes. So yeah, I, I the opportunity. But I love recently. I always wanted to do something superhero related anyway, and I feel like I have another one coming too. Um, somewhere somewhere soon. But another another superhero thing, whether it's a uh, a good guy or a villain, it's another one coming. So I want to stay stay active physically, but also stay ready chop wise, yeah. and just you know, just be ready. I mean, that's how I felt. I felt about when I saw you in the boys. I was like, I see you. I see oh, yeah. you. Oh yeah. I I ooh, I would have loved to be any of that. But at the same time, I think it was the perfect introduction to that because. Yep. That is that character was essential to kind of keeping a train on track. Yeah. And and I know Jesse, good cat, you know, real good brother. Um, dad, you know, so we had those like we had those conversations because he's um because his his kid is, I don't know, I want to say two or three, maybe three, two yeah. or three, but younger. So we had those father conversations, and it's always real cool. Same with um uh 
uh, uh, Jared and Jensen on Supernatural. Yep. They're both dads, but like all of their kids are younger, you know, so they're like, so, hey, man, what's the, what are the, te- what can we expect in the teen years? And so we have those Every conversations because my son's 17. So, you know, it's, it's really cool when you can connect on multiple layers and levels with your, your cast, especially, you know, guys as great as, I mean, to carry a franchise for 15 seasons. And they are as cool as you would hope they would be over on, on Supernatural. So those guys deserve all the blessings that they're getting. So, yeah, the boys was amazing, though. It was fun. Yo, and, I, and I, it's so cool to hear you talk about um, community, right? Because for you, like, your community is, like, logged in right now. If you would like to say hello to all the people who have logged in, y'all can ask questions if you'd like because you know he answers questions. Oh, pull up. Uh, Please ask, and hello ask for everybody who, who everybody who tuned in. If they got any questions, please ask. I got you. Um, I, I try to, during this quarantine, I've been trying to go live more and do more of this because it's a way to reconnect with the people who are the reason that I have a job. You know, mm-hmm. the people who support you, your support system. I don't love the word fans. I respect it, but I don't like my social media family, I prefer to say, or my supporters. I like those better. So you'll hear me say those better or those more often. Um, But yeah, I definitely rock with anybody who just consistently supports the things I do because I work hard at it. I miss a lot of parties so I can stay home and prepare. You know, I miss a lot of uh, red carpet events and screenings. So because the next day I may have a 10, 12 page audition. So, you know, I need to put in six or eight hours. I need to, you know, go through this scene a bunch of different ways and try it a bunch of different times. Sing the lyrics, sing the dialogue one time and say it with a Spanish accent this time and say it with a British accent this time and, and you know, paraphrase everything and ad lib everything this time and just kind of go it so I can own it. It's a lot of work that goes into it. So I, I, I appreciate everybody, not only who's tuning in, but who, you know, who supports the stuff I do because I'm passionate about it and I, and I do work hard. Yeah, and that's act- that you and you perfectly, like, that's exactly where I was getting to is, like, there's this community around the work that you do, but I think it kind of personifies who you are as a person. Like, yeah. I remember the first time meeting you uh, with the Incontent cast. Yeah. And it was already a family and you knew mm-hmm. so much about everyone and, like, you, you, and it was like this intent of knowing people and having that connection. But I think also goes into how you prepare for roles. Like, so for you, what does it look like? You get a script, you're like, I'm gonna go sit down with this for six hours and eight hours, 12 hours and make it happen. Like, how do you prepare for a role? Um, now, most times what I'll do is this. I will, as soon as they say, you know, hey, Christian, can we confirm you for this audition? Um, my agent and my, my theatrical manager, and that whole team, because there's several agents at the agency that work. And then, like, yes, yeah, so it's a whole team. It ain't, you know, just one or two people. I'll read it immediately. I'll pull over in the car, wherever I'm at. If I'm not late for something, I'll read it immediately so I can know whether or not this is something I connect to. And, you know, and I'm like, you know, hey, this is, this is, this is funky. Right and sharp. I'm here for this. Okay, please confirm me. I, I reply with that email. Um, and then as soon as I can get home, you know, I, I lay my eyes on it again a few more times, depending on how many days I got out. If I got like two or three days, then that first day, I'll probably go over it about eight, ten times, you know, just read it, just kind of soak it up, see what's in there. My stuff and everybody else's because I need to know 
what they're saying because what they're saying triggers what I'm saying. If you say uh, pass the ketchup and we're out of ketchup, then my response is going to be something to do with the fact that we're out of ketchup. So I need to know not only my dialogue and my thoughts, but yours in the scene. So and then like maybe let's say two days before I'll go over it another 15, 20 times, but I'll break it up. I'll go like first thing in the morning, five or 10 times in the afternoon, five or 10 times, you know, and then I walk away from it again. And then that evening again, you know, cause it, I'm looking at it with fresh eyes again and I'm finding stuff now. Um, and I do cheat. I take a speed reading software. So um, it helps me read probably twice as fast as I used to, but hey. also maintain the comprehension and I can still retain you know, I can I can retain more, but it, I can get through it more because some some of those auditions would be twelve pages. Yeah. So, um, and then probably the day before, same thing. You know, another twenty, thirty times, just walking around, talking it out. You know, I may put it on my my voice memo, and when I go do my cardio in the morning, I just let it play over and over and over and over, so I can just hear the scenes, and then I may record it with just the other person's dialogue or the other people in the scene, their dialogue and leave the blank space for mine. And so that way, every single time I'll, I'll, I'll run it back different with a different intent or different motivation. Um, just whatever helps it connect to me to in the bone marrow region. Like I need, I need it in here. Like I'm my biggest critic. So if I believe me, then I, I know they'll believe me. So I work it until I believe me. And, and that's kind of my process basically it's that's that's the root of it it's there's different things that fit into it but it's, it's definitely the root of it well how does it look and and we are getting questions so i'm going to get to the first question so i saw you zo uh but how does it look now like this is now for some people week seven for some people week six for some people week five kind mm -hmm. of stepping back production is not happening halted. it is it is it is is halted unless you're doing a lot of audio or adr or you're yeah. you're working in animation and you're doing voiceover or voice performance what does it look like right now for you kind of how are you staying creative obviously instagram and obviously mm -hmm. connecting with folks but like yeah. how are you kind of staying knowing that you were so dedicated and and knowing that you have a process how are you staying creative and and sharp and and feeling like you're doing what you need to do you know what i'm saying yeah no i know exactly what you're saying i have add so i need to be doing something at all times um I need to be focused on something at all times because otherwise you know I'll be like hey flowers kittens puppies roller skates I, I'm like the way my mind but it's a good thing because again as an actor and a writer you know you get stimuli from every single way every single place but in moments like this like I I still do the same I do my speed reading software every day uh, on the computer um i do i take a digital piano lesson every day because i want to get better at that okay. um i used to play as a kid and i stopped because she well we had to cut her grass and pull her weeds so i hated the piano because i didn't want to pull this lady's weeds she was nice but i was eight i was like ma i don't want to get over there and pull them weeds and take that piano lesson so i wish i hadn't quit so now i'm taking online piano lessons um and then um, I'm working on my Rosetta Stone so I can pick up Spanish. So I'm, I'm trying to, you know, do my flashcards daily, you know, to pick up certain words and try to activate that side of the brain a little bit as well. And then my typing software. Um, 
Sure. I don't type really fast. So, and as a writer, I want to be able to get through my scripts. I want to be able to, I, you know, I want to get it down as fast as it's coming together up here. So I'm taking the typewriting software here at home during this time. I just feel like this is a blessing. I get to come out of this better than I went into it. You know, we all can in some way, shape or form, either you rest and you come out and you got some peace. Um, and, you know, you heal old injuries, spiritual injuries, mental injuries, whatever, emotional injuries. Um, or you physically apply yourself to multiple things. So I do that. And then I do probably like, a, I'll do a monologue. I'll walk around the house and just, and, and do a, a work a monologue a few times every single day, but completely different. Like, you know, yesterday I was a, a shoemaker in the 19, in 1942. And everything, my whole monologue was about, you know, the detail that goes into the crafting of the heel and the shoe and the stitching and the, the leather and working the leather and the this and the that and the hours and the calluses and every and everything and then tomorrow I might be milking cows in Delaware in 1977 and I might be the, the monologue might be a, a, a white male. You buy in fearless and go after it. And I just think that that helps keep me sharp because um, I got three shows to shoot as soon as we're out of the quarantine. So I am excited. Speaking of, uh, Zoe John said, are you coming back as a main cast member on Saints and Sinners in season five? Can you answer that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, that deal is closed. I'm excited about it. Getting back with the, with the gang. Miss um, Vanessa Bell Calloway, Clifton Powell, Jasmine Burke, um, uh, Keith Robinson, Dawn Hafkin, just the whole cast over there's amazing Swirl Films, um, Bounce TV, and I think it's on, I think the new season will be on Bounce and Hulu as well, I think. But yeah, I will be back um, for a good portion of that season, and that's one of the three shows that I'll be privileged to work on as soon as we get out of this. Uh, do we do we know what the other two shows are? Can you share with the other? Um, I can actually. I can. Okay. The uh, uh, one of the other ones is the family business. We were halfway through season two. Uh, we were filming that when they shut everything down. So we'll get back into that. So I'm still Niles Monroe, the assassin on there. Um, I only, I only, I only assassinate bad people, like really, really bad people. They, they, they got it coming. You know, they might be dealing chemical weapons or selling arms over here or you know, doing some kind of human trafficking ring over there and they got to get it. They got it coming. So I mean, you're a vigilante to me. I'll take it. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't also, I got, I got, I got You're going to pay me this much to shoot him. Oh, wait a second. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I think the joy is that I get to do all these things that I'll never do in real life. Um, and, and, and it's part of my job. So, and the other show is the new pilot that I just booked for NBC, it's called At That Age. So I'm super excited about that. It's like, um, well, I can't say too much about it. Okay. I don't know how much I can say, so I'm not gonna say anything about it. But it's a really, really dope, the cast is fire. Um, and it's a really witty, very 2021, 2022, professional black family running this enormous business and, and the, some of the chaos and drama that goes with that. Um, some of the political implications and maybe, you know, potentially some, you know, some bribery and some other stuff and some, it's a really cool, it's a really witty, well-written um, series. And I feel like in my bones that we're going to get picked up, but we're just shooting the, as of right now, we're just shooting the pilot in New York as soon as we're out of this. 
Sounds like we're going to be seeing you in suits more, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. You are a man who wears a suit well. I uh, thank you. I uh, thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, you do love a good suit, so I yeah. And you. when I'm at home, it's when I tell you it's it's trucks, t-shirts, and blue jeans, or, or some camo cargo shorts, a t-shirt, and, <laughs> and some chucks or some jays. Um, so yeah, because everything does end up being suits, which is yeah. fine. I, I love it. That's most of the suits that I I own. I'll talk. I'll bribe the the wardrobe department with uh, wine, tequila, or liquor, and um, and you know, see if I can get a discount or rate. They're already tapered or tailored to me, so you tapered. might as well let me buy them. I I that sounds perfectly logical. Yes, works for me. I think everyone should do it. Yeah. Um, so we have a question from Diana. Hey, Diana. If I said it right, I'm sorry, boo. Uh, love your acting. Are you going to be in more plays? I would love to. Um, I think between now and the end of the year, possibly not. But um, I'm, I, I was actually talking with a really dope um, director and and community activist in Dallas who has a um, arts and letters center that I've done plays at for other people. And I think maybe one of the stories, maybe one of my novels, um, we're going to do it as a play there in Dallas for about a week or two. We're going to talk about it, but I definitely want to do some more theater. I love theater. Yeah. So can we talk about this? Cause I don't know if a lot of people know about this other side about your writing mm-hmm. and the fact that you are working on both long form and short form scripts and all these different things. Can you tell folks uh, a, a little bit about your writing, kind of what your genre is and like what you might be working on right now? Yes, absolutely. Um, let me see. As during quarantine, I am, I am writing the first season of a scripted show, a scripted drama that I sold. Um, and I can't say too much about it yet until the press release comes out, but it's really dope. I would watch it if somebody else wrote it. It's, it's really good. Um, and I'm not saying that because I did it. I'm saying it because, I, like I said, I'm my worst critic. So I love good writing. I've probably watched every show you can name that's like binge worthy from The Sopranos to The Wire to 4400 to Ozark to The New Altered Carbon to which was dope. So good. So good. So good. Like um, Anthony Mackie's Mystic Renee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fire, fire. I thought it was gonna be good. I'm glad. I, I, I'm glad I gave it a, a a solid initial assumption because it was it was fire. Like I I, I went for the whole ride. And then um uh, um um uh all rise uh Simone yeah, was cool. in there. Oh yes. So also all rise. Yes, that part. Oh, I was almost on there. I was up. That's another story for another day. I was almost on there. I was almost on there. I killed that audition. I'm gonna leave that alone. I think I don't know what that, I think they rewrote that character mm. or something like that. But it's such a dope show. It's such a anything legal. And then you know, I mean, to see us, you yeah. know, not being strippers, prostitutes, thugs, dope dealers, to see us be represented in a regal manner, royal with some with some empowerment, and yeah. still be perfectly imperfect. It's it's interesting that they have their quirks and their 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 beautiful dysfunctions. So all rise is a hell of a show. 
Agreed. So, but, but you yeah. are, you're working on scripts for, for this thing that you can't tell us too much about. Yes. I, it's my first scripted show that I've ever sold. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Appreciate you. Um, so yeah, and they're, they love the pilot, sort of being gracious enough to allow me to write uh, most, if not all, of the first season. So that's what I'm chopping through right now. I've laid out the arc for the first season and um, and just pretty much done with episode two. And I'm outlining episode three now. And then I'm going to chop through the first, yeah, the rest of the first eight episodes. Nice. It's uh, really cool. And I didn't even plan on this. This was like, God was like, hey, you should write. And I was like, you sure? <laughs> I said what I said. I didn't go to school for that. We gonna, we're not going to talk about this no more. Quit being afraid. Write. And so I, I went and got every book I could get. Um, I started paying attention to really good writing. Your West Wing, uh, Shonda Rhimes, anything Shonda Rhimes does. Um, uh, the Grays, the ER. The- oh, have you watched her master class? Like, you're literally yes. giving, like, yes. her master class on writing was yes. worth paying for master class. Yes. Hers alone. And then what? I went and watched Aaron Sorkins. And Which then I went and watched Judd Apatow's. And then, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting my money's worth. If I'm going to pay for the whole the whole kit and caboodle, Watch I'm it. watching it. If you put Look. something on there, I'm watching it. Look, R.L. Stein did one on writing children's books. Let's be real. Yeah. Who can find it? But Shonda's was amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's like and the she, whole... walks you through, she walks you through the setup of the pilot script. Yes. Which is brilliant. And like the way she introduced uh, Olivia Pope's character and, and the way she had certain, she she made uh, uh, Quinn be basically the audience. She's new at the, she's new, she's the newest gladiator. So we got to explain everything to the newest gladiator subconsciously. You're explaining everything, the essential information to us, the viewer. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Oh, yeah. I've never seen anybody break down the anatomy of a pilot in that like as that as, well. It's so beautiful. Um yeah. and it's and then you can you can and her explaining that the first thing she wanted to write isn't the first thing she wrote. And the first yeah. thing she's successful at isn't the first thing she wrote. Yeah. Um and that's it's such a it's such a beautiful place to be in, right? Mm-hmm. Um but God said right, and I'm glad you wrote. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I will not do that again. I won't. I, I I drew the. I tell a story sometimes because somebody on this is going to need to hear it. I drew the Bentley SUV in college twenty years ago. I was too afraid to get laughed at, so I never pursued the possibility of it, it going into production. I never contacted Bentley. Um, I never, you know, tried to punch up the design and really, you know, make it high end. Maybe get a clay model, you know, whatever. Twenty seventeen. Guess what came up? the Bentley SUV. And I think that was just, I'm not bitter or kicking myself in the butt, but that was, that was big fella saying, Hey, I gave that to you. If you're not going to move on it, I'm going to give that vision to somebody else. So when I give you a vision for something, at least start making small steps and making preparation. So that way, if you sow the seeds, I can bless it. Cause if you do nothing, I'm going to give that to somebody else. And that's what he did. So uh, speaking of sci-fi, in 2002, I wrote a I wrote a movie and I never showed anybody called HOJ 2010. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be the Hall of Justice movie 2010. Now, mm-hmm. mind you, I had no rights to it or whatever. I, wrote it. I, I, had, I had written it. I didn't show it to anybody. 
the Hall of Justice or the Justice League came out and they did wonderful for that. So though I, I say those stories because you get visions and ideas for stuff. And if we don't move on them, you know, the regret hurts. It stings. It tastes terrible. It's like like kissing the parking lot or licking the street out here. It's you know, it's 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 an awful taste. So when we get a passion for something, I feel like we got to go after it. Even if we fail, that won't hurt anywhere near as much as or taste anywhere near as bad as regret. Agreed. We have another question from Zoe. Um, Pull up, Zoe. Pull up. What was the hardest role that you had to prepare for? What made the process so hard at the time? Hmm. Uh, oh, that's an easy question. Um, legends, because as okay. a straight male, I did question that. I quite like I had that question. I was just like, how was it for Christian to prep for this role? It was it was difficult because that's not my truth. So it's it's like, and you know. My beard, another beard. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not your preference. Just, it's not I, you your know, preference. And it's, that's, that's your it's truth. Not, it's not my truth. It's not my preference. But I, I do understand that, that those stories need to be told. And those stories are valuable. And those are people's truth. And I did like the fact that Desmond wasn't, you know, super flamboyant. And he wasn't this. He wasn't that. He was just in love with a person who happened to be John Constantine. Yeah. And I wrapped my mind around that. And I called a couple of friends of mine, um, a buddy, another buddy of mine works on every other show that I'm not on. He's on it. And I was like, I said, hey, man, I said, OK, so your truth, I know you and I know your truth. Is it different for you? Is it as awkward for you as this is going to be for me when when you kiss women? Because, you know, he's he's a gay man. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, he was like, I just I'm in the trailer. My character is in love with her. And that's my mindset. I wrap my mind around that and I'm in it. And then when they yell cut, that's it. And I'm like, oh, shit. OK, well, guess that's what we're going to do. And it thankfully, the director was was um, he understood that. So he brought the extra couple cam cameras. And I was like, you know, I said, can we get the extra cameras over here so we can minimize how many times? We have to do this kiss, <laughs> please. And he was cool with it because he knew that it was. It, this was this was out of the pocket for me. I've done love scenes, you know. I've I've done love scenes with thirty people in a room, and and I just had a sock on on stuff. But this was a different level of pressure. So he was accommodating the other cast member. I think his I don't know if his girlfriend was there or not. But you know, he it was awkward for him as well. So it was like cool. So we got it out the way. But that was easily the toughest thing. But I'm glad I got it out the way because it was a challenge and it made me nervous and it made me uncomfortable and I don't like for circumstance like that to win. Yeah. So I, I needed to move, I needed to move past that. And I, and I'm glad I did it because it, it taught me a lot about me. And like I said, those stories need to be told, even though that's not my, my truth. It doesn't lessen the fact that those stories are important and they need to be told. So. I, I thought you did a fantastic job as Desmond. I thought I, I attached to the character very closely because, you know, who isn't in love with a random <laughs> warlock who... Yeah, yeah, warlock demon. He sent me to hell. Back and forth. <laughs> I'm just saying. Shade. Uh, so uh, we have another question. Oh, no, that's not the question, but they were agreeing with you. Yeah. What was your favorite role to date? Hmm. That's hard. It's a tie. Oh. It's a tie. Um, 
Charlie Riggs on Lincoln Temple's farm because I'm a huge Law and Order fan. So giving closing arguments to the, to the jury and, you know, addressing the judge and yelling at the judge and the judge checking you and you having to shut the hell up because the judge has more power and he can lock you up. That was amazing. That was amazing. And they do those in these. Sometimes they do like a circle shot where they run a, a, a tracking circle, basically like a 15, 20 foot circle all the way around you. Yeah. And the camera just keeps moving around you as you're talking to the jury. It's floating around and it's going and going and going. And it was just, it felt so regal. And it was one, it was a dream come true. So that was absolutely a dream role. And I look forward to playing another attorney at some point soon as well. And even a judge, but also Michael. I mean, being lowered out of the sky, 25, 30 feet, you know, floating down the powers and the, the royalty of it and the trench coat and flicking the trench coat back when I walked and and all that and working on a show that was such a big fam supernatural was such a big machine, but it was a family unit. Yeah. Like they they know each other's preferences, they know who likes this and he has food allergies and this, that and the other. And working with Mark Pellegrino, he's probably other than Al Pacino in The Devil's Advocate. Mark is the best Lucifer that I've ever, I've ever, my favorite other than Al. So working with somebody, he enjoyed playing the devil way too much. He has so much fun. He has so much fun playing Lucifer. So just those guys, man, soaking up the stories, the wisdom. I think Charlie and Michael were my two favorite characters so far. Uh, so question. Um uh, mm -hmm. For you, as you're kind of prepping, as you're writing, as you're you're shifting your creativity, is is I think I think this answer is your working out, is your hikes, is your is your interactions online. But how are you for folks who are out there who are trying to find their thing, staying grounded, right? Um, what is the thing that at the end of the day, when you are done with piano lessons and you have done all your typing and you have worked out that monologue? that you're kind of holding to that's that keeping you grounded in this moment? I think it's my, my upbringing. Um, it's definitely not a pity party. I, I look at it as a victory story, but um, just coming up in the foster care system, uh, probably 12, 15 foster homes, three group homes, a couple of detention centers, running away, uh, vicious child abuse. Um, that, that humbles you like nothing else ever will. Um, and because thankfully, because I've healed from it, you know, I, I, I forgave who needed to be forgiven. I stopped blaming me for stuff that wasn't my fault. You know, I had a, I had a few come to God moments like, Hey, we need to talk. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm struggling and, and we worked through it. And I think that that rough patch in the beginning allows me to stay, stay grounded and level and humble and down to earth now. Like i you know, it, I, I literally could, it, it could, I'm not technically supposed to be here, statistically speaking, as a foster kid, doing what I get to do. And it's so rare. And one, like Tiffany Haddish, she's a foster kid, former foster child. Um, you know, and it's so rare to, you know, to see somebody go through all that stuff, heal, and then put that stuff behind you, except for the lessons that you learned and really go after what, you, what you're passionate about. It's so rare because some of us end up getting hurt so bad that we don't know how to heal or we just decide not to. And I think 
I think those things keep me grounded. My son keeps me grounded, wanting to show a good example for him. And um, and yeah, and, and just knowing, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. Like I feel like I'm, I got another. I'll probably, I'll probably still act until I'm about 80, 85, and then just, just then we'll go home. <laughs> we'll go home. He's going to go home. You're going to walk out the set one day and be like, Yeah, all right, that's this is good. Um, this go home. Good. We had a good run. I'm going to head home. I can still use the bathroom like, by myself. I'm checking out. I'm going to go ahead. This is going to be like, Christian, you got three more episodes. <laughs> no, no, no. Go home. Come on, I'm go home. I'm gonna, I told y'all, I'm giving y'all to 85. Y'all got to 85. Y'all can work me as hard as y'all want to. But no, I, I just think I, I think I'm scratching the surface. So um, I think I got a lot more to learn, a lot, lot farther to go, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the work. I love it. I, I love it, and I love the fact that you're always talking about your mini me, because yeah, uh, yeah. it's and it's and it's such a big deal um, having that family, having that community, and then building um, a big community like for you. You're going to come out of this better. Is there any other goals or, or things that you're setting for yourself besides, you know, staying sane yeah. and then being ready to work when this is over? Um, just this execution, just following through. Like I said, I'm, I'm toughest on me more than anybody else will ever be. So, you know, like I. If I procrastinate on something, you know, I get on me about it. Like, hey, you, come on, man, you know, you handle that. And then go binge watch your Netflix show. Do that first. Do that. We got to do that. Take the trash out. This, that, and the other. Come on now. Get the, let's handle the stuff. And that way we can enjoy that more because, you know, it won't be in the back of your mind, in the corner of your mind. Like, you know, you still got to do what's called, right? So I just think, you know, stuff like that. Um, just, you know, being disciplined, but also taking enough time to take some time off so I still have peace. Um, you know, you working hard. Oh, rest when I'm dead. That's the terrible idea. That's uh, you're gonna die young that way. Um, I don't want to die young. I got plans, uh, and he's got some plans for me. So I feel like you also have to be disciplined enough to rest when your body is weary and when your spirit is tired and when your peace is off. I I, I try to be aware of that so that way I can just take some time. Be like, wait a minute, something something's off. My energy is off. Am I not resting enough? Am I, you know, am I not getting my gallon a day? Am I, you know, um, what is it? Let me figure it out. Okay, maybe do I need a day or two off? Do I need to sleep 10, 12, 15 hours one day just to catch up so my body can rest? Because I've been going, going, going for the last four months. And yeah, taking care of me. So I want to come out and make sure that I continue to do that. Um, and then when I'm not doing that, working my entire ass off. <laughs> That, that seems like balance. That, that seems like a thing. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> Everything in moderation, including moderation. Um, so thank you so much for those who are tuned in. Uh, what can they look forward to? Are we just like going Instagram live, all of this uh, and all the stuff that we're doing for the next couple of weeks? Should they mm -hmm. be? Uh, and how do people follow you? Um, I only have three real pages. Um, they're all very you have a lot of fake pages. I, they get on my, I, they, I don't even know why they do that, man. Cause it's once a week. I feel like once a week I got to post and say, oh, here's another one. And now that we're in quarantine, they, you know, a lot of Instagram workers aren't really following up on reported, you know, catfish pages. So yeah. they just chilling. They like, Hey, 
anybody anybody on on the clock over there to take them down like they usually are usually instagram is quicker with it um but yeah at christian keys c-h-r-i-s-t-i-a-n spelled like the religion keys k-e-y-e-s at christian keys is my twitter and my uh and my instagram and uh facebook.com slash actor christian keys is my Facebook and and they're all three verified. Those are my only real pages. Anything else is fake. It's not me. Please don't send no money. Please don't tr try to meet up and go on a lunch date. So so, so human trafficking is real. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are my real pages. Yeah, and then hashtag I ain't want nothing. Although that is my favorite thing. My favorite thing. I ain't want. You nothing. know where that came from? Real life. I'll call like my brother or friends or you know whoever. I'll be like, hey man, how you doing? You good over there? Checking on you, you and the family, you and the kids. Okay, all right. I don't want nothing. I'll let you later. Just checking on you. Okay, get off my phone. Bye. <laughs> but it came from a real thing. Just like I, you know, I didn't, I didn't call. It's nice when people call to, to check on you. Sometimes they call because they want something. They need something. That's cool. Sometimes you know, depending on who it is, depending on how they treat you. But it's really nice when somebody don't want nothing and just call you like, hey, how the hell are you? You breathing? Did you eat twice or three times a day? Are you getting your water? You good? Okay. All right. You ain't going crazy during the quarantine? You didn't get hurt in the earthquake last night? Okay, good. I ain't want nothing. All right. Bye. That's where yeah. I came from. I've been doing it for years. So, yeah. I feel like everybody should call a loved one and be like, I ain't want nothing. Yeah. And if they're okay it's to that. That's what I say to my mother and my dad. I was adopted twice. And my second, the second family, um, they really just kind of saved my life and just just kind of they're my, yeah, that's my, I mean, that's my mother. She's my mom. He's my dad um, in my mind. And they gave me this whole new extended family and this whole new world of, of the availability to experience what that love is like. Because that was different than, you know, the 12, 15 foster homes, you know, every six months, nine months, you move it. So they gave me a foundation and I I literally say the same thing to them. I'm like, all right, mother, I love you. I ain't want nothing. I'm just checking on you. And uh yeah. To where it came from. I love it. All right. So we're gonna end the broadcast. Thank you, everybody. Please tune in tomorrow. We're gonna be with 24 hour plays. They're talking about how they're doing virtual monologues during this time, uh, so they can raise money so that folks can still, you know act uh yeah. that being said thank you thank you thank you uh you know this will be thank you for having me oh you uh, of course creative quarantine is hosted by angelique rocher it's produced by angelique rocher sarah storm and matt storm our logo is designed by aaron leffler new streaming episodes are available monday wednesday thursday and friday at 3 p.m eastern and tuesdays at 2 p.m eastern on angeliquerochet.com forward slash creative quarantine podcasts are made available the morning after each live streamed episode wherever you get your podcasts please rate and review us on apple podcasts and visit us on instagram at creative.quarantine and twitter at creative Qtine. Please send this to a friend who needs a little artistic company and stay at home if you possibly can. We'll see you soon. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.